Our sermon text for today is Ephesians chapter 5, verses 21 to 33. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 21 to 33. Uh, while you open your Bibles, I will uh, take the chance to give thanks to you. To be here with uh, brothers and sisters is a great privilege. And it's nice that we have the possibility to spend time together and that I can preach the word to God uh, of God to uh, you. And I will and I want to give you um, greetings from the church in Berlin. We are connected by the same faith, the same faith that we confess. And we are always happy to hear uh, from you and to have fellowship with you. Noon. Now let us read the Word of God, Ephesians 5, verses 21 to 33. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the, hand of the, is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and is himself its Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle, or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two bec shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Now let us pray. Eternal Holy God, man is like, is like uh, grass and like the flower that is going away. And your word is standing for eternity. So, as we are gathered together this evening, we pray, we request from you, Lord, that you open your word to us, that your word would give us wisdom, knowledge of yourself, and make us holy, and that we would have, that we would have more joy in you and your gospel. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The verses we just read 
are uh, are going from one uh, part of the letter to the next. The verses before were about um, worship, and now we see uh, our daily lives, how we should live, how we should live there, how we should live as Christians in this world. I think at the beginning of the year, it's the second Sunday today, it's good to look at the basic things, um, to remember himself, oneself, what the Christian life is about, the basics of our life, and one of the uh, basics is submission. Um, in the general sense, uh, we will focus only on marriage today, but if you have time, you can read the sections after that. The heart of all is always submission. Uh, Paul uses the fifth commandment and shows us what it means in different areas of life. Look at chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This commandment is the foundation for all relationships we have. But why then does the Apostle not begin with this commandment, but he speaks first of marriage? My humble opinion is that the relationship between man and uh, husband and wife is the most fundamental uh, relationship that we can have on this earth. Um, the most fundamental relationship on this earth. And following that, there are the other relationships between parents and children, between um, um, workers and bosses. But um, not being connected to that is... But anyway, in verse 24, we, uh, 22, we read, or 21, we read, Submitting to one another. This is a command that belongs to all in the church. It's for, men's, for men, uh, women, children, adults, everyone. We shall submit to one another. But today we mainly look on marriage. But we have to ask one question. What about the unmarried? The children? Those who do not want to get married yet, or because the, the life situation is not uh, um, fitting, what can these people take from this passage in the Bible? And I think more than we normally think. Because today I don't want to hold a, a, a marriage lecture. Um, but it is an explanation of the gospel that I want to give to you. Paul says, um, it's, he, he, Paul shows that the marriage is a direct application from the gospel. And that's the reason why the title of the sermon is My Savior, My Spouse and Me. <laughs> we will look on three points. Submission, love and unity. Submission, love and unity. Let's start with the first and most uncomfortable point, submission. Allowing already words such as obedience or even submission 
bring goosebumps with me. The greatest, the, 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 are words that we normally are not allowed to speak today because the greatest and highest ideal today is freedom. Um, and we cannot, and, and so we think we cannot talk about subordination because that's uh, a misogynist uh, uh, thing. But uh, the Christian answer to this opinion is, of course, no. The word of God is never um, against, uh, it's never, uh, never contempt upon man or contempt upon woman. <laughs> it is good. It's the word of God. So it's not misogynistic or it's not... Uh, uh, old time and unrelated to us the man, uh, human uh, people say it's not fitting in our time but we are not interested in the um, perspective that uh, or in the ideas that are circulating 100 years ago but we are interested in what the bible says paul says um, his argument, uh, the argument of Paul starts not in the last 50 years but in creation. He says the man is the head of the woman. This is the classical language used for creation. The beginning of, the, uh, of humankind is the place where Paul goes. And I want to make clear um, we don't think that the wife is the dummy who is best just doing the housework. The Bible gives us a different image of woman. The Bible speaks of woman in very high terms. So women in the Bible have, uh, are, are precious. In Galatians, Paul even says that in Christ there is no difference between man and woman. Men are not just better like women. Men and women are considered equal in the Bible. Nevertheless, there are differences. Differences that God has ordained that way. Uh, differences that are, um, that are not seen today. Um, they are rejected today. But differences that God laid into, our, into the creation. Um, God took the rib of man and he formed the woman from it. He gave her Adam as a, gave Eve to Adam as a helper, not as a slave, as a helper. The woman should help and support her husband. God gave to Adam the, the task to, to build the garden and the man needed a help for doing it, his wife. But what exactly does subordinate mean now? What did Paul mean? Uh, we know women and men are equal. She is not below the man. But we still have not defined what um, submission means. The answer is so easy as it is um, hard for us. To subordinate means to obey to obey. That sounds harsh now. 
Um, but to subordinate means to obey, to obey the husband in this case. And please don't misunderstand me. Um, marriage is a relationship. It's not about the thing that the women just uh, the wife just should do what the man wants. Then we would not need uh, vows from the woman because her opinion would be irre irrelevant. But important decisions should be talked over in a marriage. So. Uh, Couple should pray over important decisions, decisions together. But when the man, the husband, has to um, make a decision, the wife should um, bear this decision. That's not easy. Even as children, it's hard for us to follow, to obey uh, the decisions made by our parents. And I understand that for women, sometimes it's hard to accept the decisions of their of their husband and if a man says to his wife to to uh, to sin then she she must disobey and of course if a husband treats his wife wrongly she doesn't have to put up with it but if you may not understand his decision you should still go along with it that's subordination submission the authority to accept the authority of the man and to um, submit to it in the best possible form or way. The text gives us another important truth about submission. Mainly, it starts from the wife, freely, voluntary. Not in the sense of the woman chooses it, if it, if she will be, if she obeys or not. But in um, verse 24, we read, the woman submits just as the church submits to Christ. And we as church, should, we are freely, voluntarily obeying. This is our expression of love to Christ. Jesus said himself, if you love me, keep my commandments. If we, have, if we understand what, what Christ did for us, we want to obey him. And the love of the woman shows to in submission to her husband. And the uh, grammatical form supports this truth. The first could also be translated as wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as to the Lord. It is something that you inflict upon yourself. It is something that the woman does to herself, voluntary. So we see how submission is to Submission is to um, obey his, the husband even if you cannot understand everything what he does. And it's voluntary and it's the direct application of the gospel. Because the church submits to Christ so the wife should submit to the husband. So if they submit, if wives submit to the husbands, they show the gospel to the world that is completely against the gospel. And in the world, this submission is not an honorable thing anymore. And so it's a strong message. This is not an easy truth. It's not um, simple. I think in a time where emancipation is the main topic, there 
in this time it's hard for many women to submit, for many wives to submit to their husbands. But I think um, the greater, but I think if we understand the text rightly, we see that the greater responsibility lies with men, with the husbands. We had now as, as first topic submission, and now we have love. Love. Here again we see a direct application, direct application of the gospel. The husband leads his wife as Christ leads his church. He is to love his wife as Christ loves his church. Paul gives us really practical applications here. He gives us three applications, how we should do it. The first is devotion. He says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Let's pause here for a moment. Dear man, let's sink it in. What has Christ done? He has given up himself for his church. Christ did not come to do a little for us, to clean up a little thing. And he, he humbled himself. He left the glory with his father He became man to serve us. He came down to us on earth to suffer. If we talk about the humiliation of Christ, we don't begin with the uh, passion, but even in his becoming man, he humbled himself. And the problem is, The verses that we read here normally are misused. So the woman has to obey so that the man can uh, live his own life. And of course the wife should help her husband. But the man, the husband should be, be ready to um, to, to have problems for his wife. He, he should be ready to give up his life for her. We should be ready to give everything for our wife. Free time. And if it comes to it, our life. To guard and to, um, to, to help our wives. That's connected with the second application. We should uh, care for our wives. Verse 26 and 27. Having purified them by the bath of water in the word, that he might present them to himself as a church that is glorious, so that it has neither spot nor wrinkle nor anything like it. Yes, I left out a few words. I'll get to those in a minute. Christ has cleansed us as a church in order to present us as his perfect pride. Christ gave himself up, then he purifies us, and he does it in order to uh, change us in the way he wants us to be. His design, a perfect, spotless, 
holy bride. Verse 28, Paul says, Likewise, husbands are bound to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Like Christ, we should live, love our wives. We should care for them like we care for ourselves. It's not about the morning routine in the uh, bathroom. That's a, that would be a worse example, a bad example. But I want to ask a practical question. Do you want to have a balanced and relaxed wife? Do you want to have a woman who is full of joy? Do you want to have a woman who is beautiful for you? Then do something about it. It doesn't uh, happen by itself. Christ wants his church to be perfect and blameless. Holy, without wrinkle. That is why he does what is necessary. Christ gave himself so that he might sanctify the church. He cleanses her by his word and spirit. Daily and every week as we come together. So that she may be one day holy and blameless. And that's the reality. We see our wives as perfect wife for us. Anyway, we can do much to to bring her to uh, to a higher level of beauty. That brings us to the third application. We are to sanctify our wives. So Paul says, like Christ sanctify his church, we should love and sanctify our wives. Christ has taken away our sins and by his spirit he enables us to die more and more to sin and live more and more holy lives every day. And we sh men should do the same with our wives. We cannot pay for the sins of our wives. We cannot bring them to the cross. Christ already had done this. And we can make them more holy either. That's the work of the spirit working in us. But we can motivate our wives and support them. We can give them the time they need to study the Bible. We can take the children and, so that they have time for prayer. And we can take the burden to explain the Bible to our wives when they have problems to understand it. Do so you see, the woman has a task. It is really challenging to submit to the husband. And we men have, we men have tasks too that is not less response, uh, response hard. Because we have the responsibility for our wives. And both tasks, as, as much as they are challenging, we have to do them. If the other, if our spouse does it or not. It doesn't say, submit when husbands love you. But it's, it, it says, submit to your husband. And it doesn't say, Love your wives when they are submissive. No. Love your wife just like it is. Not uh, unconditional. But in conclusion, let us briefly consider the last point. We had submission, we had love, and we have, as third point, unity. Here at verse 30, 
Paul begins with the reasoning. He brings everything together. We said, for we are members of his body, one body, his flesh and his bones. Till now, it was about the church. The wonderful chapter 4 about the unity of the church. And now Paul comes back to the church. Uh, he says, we are all members of the body of Christ. Paul even says here, we are all of his flesh and of his bones. And if you have the goal this year to read through the Bible in one year, then you have to be uh, familiar with the words. It's a, a quote from the poem that Adam wrote as he saw Eve the first time. Um, Paul, of course, speaks about a spiritual truth here. We are connected with Christ by the Spirit. Um, and this morning we heard about the union with Christ, how great it is. And now Paul uses verses from another context to make it more clear. Uh, Genesis chapter 2, um, where Adam said, this, this now is flesh, this, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. So that's the wonderful gospel truth here. We as a church are the bride of Christ. Like Eve was a wonderful bride for Adam. We are a unit. Christ and his bride are inseparable. Adam slept and he wakes up and he sees his wife and he starts singing. So joyful is he. And so much love he has for his wife. And that's the picture of Christ and his church. And Paul says in the next verses, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall cleave in unto his wife, and the two shall be one flesh. Men and women are one flesh. So says Paul, and the word of God tells us this. They are so much one that, that you cannot separate them anymore. They are a completely new entity. The man leaves his father and mother in order to start a new family with his wife. He becomes attached to his wife, as we read in Genesis. No one likes a mama's boy. No one needs a 40-year-old man that still has his uh, 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 clothes washed by, washed by his mother. There is something missing if a man is not able to be self-sufficient. Um, a man and a woman who have a new entity... And we, can, we could uh, have sermons about this topic and, and whole weeks with, with Bible lectures. But Paul quotes the verse for another reason. He tells, he tells that, that it is a mystery, a great mystery. He says in verse 32, This mystery is great, but I point it to Christ and to the church. Paul is talking about a mystery. That's not something mythical that just uh, uh, special people can see. 
but it's a truth that has always existed, in the Old Testament even, but not so clear as it is now in the New Testament. Now, as Christ has come and his death at the cross and his resurrection, it is completely clear what these verses meant from the beginning. The unity between husband and wife in, the, in marriage shows the unity between Christ and the church. There is no more intimate relationship between people than marriage. There is no more intense relationship than marriage. And there is not a more intense and uh, intimate relationship than between Christ and his um, wife, his bride. Christ loves the church so much. So if we as husbands love our wives, we show this truth. And when the wife is to submit to the husband, so they show the other side of the relationship, namely the love from the church to Christ, her bridegroom. So let me conclude by making an uh, application. What can we take in the next week? First, what I say to you is not just good advice, so that it would be good if we would live after it, but we cannot do it. But it is absolutely important how we live within our marriage, because in the same way we proclaim the gospel. We cannot afford to afford to proclaim a weak gospel. We cannot afford to live weak marriages to live. To live weak marriages. We cannot afford to mix the gospel with the ideology of the world. Or with, uh, with ideas from this world to mix it. We cannot afford to live our marriage according to the world's standards. That's not the goal that God has with marriage. The second uh, application is um, marriage will always be under attack. When marriage is this wonderful picture of the gospel, then we don't are to wonder that the whole world is attacking marriage. Even the patriarchs in the first in, in Genesis have failed. They doubted, they fighted, they failed in their marriages. The great King David uh, had many wives. The great wise Solomon, he failed in marriage. He could not be faithful. We have to fight for marriage, all of us. Maybe you are not married. Maybe you don't want to get married. And maybe you're too young to get married. Regardless, we should work in the marriage. We have children. You, you can support your parents. Don't make life harder for them than it is already. Singles, you can support marriages. Babysitting. Free time, give, give your free time. Thirdly, it's really practical. Dear married couples, sit down and discuss what this truth can look like in your situation. 
take time to think about this truth, how it can look in your life. Don't delay this. Put your children to bed tonight and talk. Take time regularly to talk about it. How can you support yourself? How you can support, support each other? And the fourth, the last application, my um, advice in every um, lecture I give, in every marriage lecture, enjoy life together. There's a reason why you fell in love with each other. There are reasons, there are things that you like to do with each other, together. Um, get, pe find people to, ba to babysit and have time to, together. Search for time together. Enjoy each other's company. It's not just burden. God gave us marriage so that we can have each other. Amen. Let us pray. Eternal Father, it's the most terrific truth that we can find in marriage, that she is a picture of Christ and his, his church. Lord, like Christ loved us and like we men should love our wives, it's, it's wonderful and we thank you that you gave us marriage as a wonderful picture, as a wonderful relationship, a fellowship. And so we pray especially that you guard the marriage. There's um, um, degeneration in our um, uh, country. The, the divorces um, are getting up. And so we pray help us that we can um, care for our spouses in a good way and that we can serve them. And that we can be a great um, testimony for your gospel. So we pray in Christ's name. Amen.